Hey, Data Plus Love listener, we are 96% of our way towards our goal of buying Camtasia and Zoom Pro to enhance the podcast. These simple software changes will allow us to do both video content as well as longer calls with more guests at a time. Please consider making a gift on ko-fi.com slash data plus love spelled out. That's ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Thank you for your generous gifts and thank you for listening. You're actually the second Australian I've talked with in the last four days, which is uh, super rare, obviously, because of the time differences. It's really hard. But I was talking <laughs> with a, uh, a friend, Chris McClellan, on uh, Friday evening or my time, I guess Saturday morning, his time. Just check in. I It's really great to talk to you, by the way. So I wanted to start off by apologizing um, because you probably don't you probably never thought of this but like really early on you had just started working at tableau and you were super enthusiastic and i think you were tweeting like i'm so proud to work at tableau a salesforce company and i think i said something like you know you don't have to say like a salesforce company like everyone no it'd be like saying like i'm proud to work on excel a microsoft product or something like that and like i feel in retrospect um you know a holish you know a little bit, so I wanted to apologize for that. Oh, all good, all good. I vaguely remember that, but all good. And I, w- I wanted to say, like, part of the reason I'm having you on, but not exclusively, is because I am trying to expose my audience, which is primarily Tableau users, to more of sort of the larger network of people that they could be getting to know better, right? Um, so a lot of this came from, you know, my friend Adam Miko, uh, went to Dreamforce and he was a gold hoodie award recipient. And for many of us in the Tableau community, like, you know, we, we've got our own circles and there's the Salesforce circles and there's like the Slack circles and like everyone sort of got their own communities. But for us, we're all like, what does that mean? Like, no, no one was sure. Like, is he an MVP now? Like, what's that? Mean? Like, how do you get that? Like, how did he get that? You know? Um, so, you know, it started all this stuff and honestly, a lot of that sort of goes back a couple of years to when Salesforce first acquired Tableau. And honestly, a mm. lot of us weren't sure what to think about it. It's like when Disney bought Marvel, people were like, Oh no, are they going to mess up the Marvel movies? Well, you know, due to COVID-19 and any number of other things, the transition for the two companies sort of coming together has you know kind of been like maybe like slower or more awkward than anyone anticipated. And as a result, that's sort of like a lot of people on the Tableau side of the equation have like really weird feelings. Um, and I just wanted to like talk to other people that I didn't know. So I talked with Sharif, for example, who's a Salesforce MVP. He and I just had an hour call like the other week, you know, not for the podcast or anything, but just to get to know each other. Mm. Amazing guy. We sent each other stickers. It was really great experience. And I wanted to get to know you because you are an excellent bridge between the two communities because, you know, you're coming in from like Salesforce CRM now, like Einstein CRM, right? 
And now you're a Tableau employee, which Tableau is under Salesforce. And most of the people on my side are primarily Tableau users. Like some of us have done Salesforce projects in the past, but you know, it's, it's two really sort of different worlds. And I wanted to talk excessively and not let you talk much. So what I want to say is welcome to the show, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I am in a um, somewhat of a, a unique or semi-unique position in that, you know, my background was primarily Salesforce and then the Einstein analytics and Einstein discovery side of things and then being hired for Tableau. So specifically as a Tableau SE, not Salesforce and not, you know, what we now call CM analytics. Um, however, in my role, I cover both platforms. So I cover CRM Analytics and Tableau, which is uh, interesting and unusual. And then secondly, you know, I was you know, incredibly comfortable and well-connected in the Salesforce ecosystem. Now I'm making heaps of amazing friends and uh, acquaintances and contacts and colleagues in the Tableau ecosystem. Uh, and also, even technology-wise, there's a lot of new learning for me. I don't come from a traditional IT background. All of my data and analytics background is essentially founded in Salesforce and then, you know, via CM Analytics and Einstein. So having to almost step back, you know, I've gone from, from SQL to SQL, for example, um, and I'm now... Becoming an SME on Snowflake, so tons of learning uh, in that space, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really, really interesting because some of my team members have been with Tableau a long time, and quite a few of them are very new, and a couple of them were Salesforce solution engineers or core, who've migrated across to tableau so it's almost like this interesting cross-pollination of not just ideas and technologies but cultures which is i think the most challenging aspect of it is not the technology which can be a challenge but it's more the the people side i i would agree with that i'm at work i've been i've earned the nickname soft skills sack because i i host a show and share meeting where i sort of go around and I, in, I invite people like, hey, does anyone done anything new and interesting? Or is anyone, you know, handling an account in a certain way? Or what's your tips for onboarding such and such? You know, both hard skills and soft skills. And I do a lot of soft skill talks and presentations. I've even done some outside uh, of, you know, our organization, like at the data school, for example. Um, because sometimes if your soft skills um, are really good, they can get you out of the technical skills in some spots. Like sometimes the, the right application of soft skills makes a more difficult technical skill task unnecessary. Uh, on the other hand, uh, poor having poor soft skills can make any task significantly more difficult. If you're not communicating well, if you're not sort of cultivating good relationships and sort of building trust with your stakeholders and everything, even if you're amazing technically, it's going to be an uphill battle. That's that's very very true. I think if if you go back to, you know, I spent many years in in leadership and coaching, and that that skill of influencing. So not necessarily having a position or a title whereby you can force an outcome, 
but using that soft skill of influencing where you can influence, obviously, an outcome. So when I think of that in the context of bringing the Tableau and Salesforce worlds together, well, a lot of influencing is around identifying common objectives, right? Having that common vision where you you bring those two sides of the triangle sort of to the point. And I think for us, you know, it's all about helping our customers do better without, you know, without trying to sound corny or whatever, you know, customer success, um, you know, Tableau, help, we help people see and understand data, um, Salesforce, by virtue of all the different platforms and clouds and tools we have now, helps gather an extraordinary amount of data, but also visualizes, um, aggregates, transforms, shares data. So those two worlds coming together, ideally, if we can put our customer success hat on, we're heading to the same goal. But also as someone who's intensely curious about the future of technology and, and platforms and data, and I think both worlds can learn from each other. I certainly have learned a great deal from people on the Tableau side. And I believe Tableau people are learning a lot you know, from people in the Salesforce world and even the recent uh, product announcement around Genie and, and expansion and, uh, you know, the um, repurposing, et cetera, of the, the, uh, the CDP framework um, has some super interesting applications where those technologies will now begin to not, not merge maybe, but crossover perhaps. Um, yeah, because you've got the data fam, you've got the trailblazer. It's it's almost almost a different way of <laughs> saying the same thing. Like Adam is a perfect example. You know, he's someone with an amazing story and a passion for giving back and a, a love of the technology and a curiosity. And, um, you know, that's how I got my God hoodie five years ago in the Salesforce world. And that's how he got his as a, as a data fam trailblazer. And I think that's it's a really, really cool opportunity that uh, Adam was awarded that because I think especially from maybe the Tableau perspective, Adam's been quiet on our side for a little while. So a lot of people weren't really sure what he was up to. We know he's had a few new jobs in the last couple of years, but I think a lot of people didn't realize how invested he, he has become in uh, you know, Einstein analytics and Salesforce CRM, for example, like people didn't know he was working on that. So uh, when he was awarded the the gold hoodie, like a lot of people were like, oh, why? Like people didn't even know, but I mean, that's, that's not their responsibility to know. And that's not his responsibility to broadcast to everyone on earth. Hey, I'm doing all these things at once. But, um, yeah, like I, I, in my conversations that I've had with some, you know, some of the Salesforce community, I, I try to look for opportunity in general in life. And I don't mean like in a strictly like, uh, let me get what's mine sense, but like, what can we do to make stuff cooler, better, you know? That kind of thing. And one of the things that originally drew me to Tableau as a community was, you know, the creativity of doing it and doing it with other people and having this amazing supportive community of other people that were passionate and excited. And as I sort of sort of cut through some of the outer layers of the Salesforce community, which we as the data fam see, you know, we see like the mascots and everything and the uh, forest imagery. And, you know, it's sort of for the most part, we don't love it. Like, well, that's not our thing. And that's OK. But like we don't look much further past that. But once you get look past that, you find a community very much like our community in the sense 
there's really passionate people that work together and do these passion projects and are excited to teach. And I also found, you know, there's all these Salesforce user groups. So as someone that likes to speak at Tableau user groups, and I'm speaking at the Veterans Tug in a few weeks, um, and I had the opportunity to speak at the New York Tug in the Salesforce Tower, which is amazing. I, I was like, there's an untapped market here because there are so many people on the Salesforce side that would be interested in picking up some of these skills. And we're not reaching out. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're sort of siloed to a degree, to the degree that we want to be. And if we chose to be a little more collaborative, chose to put ourselves out there and say, hey, anyone looking for Tableau speakers? Like, there's a lot of opportunity for us to cross-pollinate and, you know, for them to cross-pollinate with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's interesting. Even in my role, I'm involved currently with a, a request for tender with a large client. And our core solution engineer has been, you know, these things, as you know, are super detailed and can be quite tedious. And he's filled out a, um, you know, some great responses based on core platform functionality. But as I'm looking through that, I was chatting with my colleague, who's the Tableau AE, and I said, look at all these areas where Tableau or CRM analytics can contribute. And it, I think what you've really hit the nail on the head that there is an opportunity here to, um, to bring in some skills and some background and experience and knowledge. If, if I may as well, sometimes a fresh pair of eyes is great for creativity. And people that came from outside or come from outside the Salesforce ecosystem and been exposed to other technologies and ways of doing things can come in with that different perspective and have something really valuable um, to contribute. Uh, I, I think one thing I've learned from, from working with my team, particularly those that were with Tableau when Tableau was acquired, is they really do have a different different way of looking at things, a, a different angle, a different perspective, which um, even if that results in disagreements, hey, that's fine. You know, that, that's it's valuable. I don't think you can really have true creativity without disagreement because you want all of those points of view. You want all, everyone to contribute. And we're always talking about being inclusive. And I think that part of that is everyone should have a voice. Everyone should have something to offer. Um I, I ran, I actually founded and ran a Salesforce user group for four years. And a lot of the conversations I had with Salesforce admins and consultants, business people was around the data side of things. It wasn't purely, hey, how do I build the best flow and what's best practice for the Salesforce data model? It was often around reporting and, and analytics and, hey, we've got this amazing data. I don't feel like we're getting value out of it. Um, so I think there'd be tremendous opportunity for, for that. It's more than a bleed across. I'm trying to think of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's certainly a you know, collaboration, augmentation, and both ways too, I think. I agree. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to learn. And that while a lot of us don't immediately see the application of many things on the Salesforce side, because we're saying, you know, we're not Salesforce users. A lot of our, the companies and clients we support are not Salesforce uh, users beyond Tableau. Um, that doesn't mean there's not stuff out there that we could benefit and learn from. The way I've put it, and this might be a ham-handed example, is um, our mom has remarried a guy named Gary. 
And at first blush, Gary didn't seem like he was our kind of dude. But Gary has some pretty cool kids. And just because we don't get his, you know, his whole forest theme and and being into cartoon characters doesn't mean that, like, Gary doesn't want us to thrive and he won't let us borrow the keys to the car if we ask, you know. So there's there's just a whole lot of resources out there beyond, you know, Tableau's community is much smaller than Trailblazer community, like 17 times smaller by by the estimates I saw, which, um, yeah, which uh, which means that there's a lot of opportunity um, sort of for us to learn from you as well as for us to, you know, present and maybe sort of elevate some of the analytics um, that uh, the Salesforce community is using. Not that they're bad. We don't know because we don't interact with them much. That's very interesting. You know, um, if you look at it from a, a fairly, a fairly high level, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of commonality, and I think that, in my in my humble opinion, and yeah, you've probably been in in data and BI a lot longer than I have, and many people listening to this will have been. But just in in my brief stint, one of the the most frustrating aspects of this um, industry, I'll say, is building amazing dashboards i mean look tableau you can build some incredible stuff and investing in cloud architecture and um, human resources and everything that we do to deliver some great insights and then that last step that final hurdle to get people to use it and to go from data to insight to actions so often it seems like that's where it fails, and I'm sure there's been a thousand <laughs> blog posts and books and things written on that. But one advantage of the Salesforce environment is I now have a platform, a place, uh, a framework whereby, you know, I can I can put this dashboard, whether it's Tableau or CMA, whatever it is, I can put it somewhere where this person that you know they're using CRM probably every day. So they get first thing they see every day is data insights. And if it's done well, you know, if we're not giving them stuff that's irrelevant, if we if it's well thought out, well designed, you know, now they've got intelligence infused into their workflow. Now, you know, can they then dive into Tableau and explore and analyze further? Sure can. But by having having the insights just there. Hey, I logged in. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's interesting. Why is that? Click, 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 click. Or, you know, if we're looking at the ability now with Tableau to kick off a flow in Salesforce, I can actually kick off an automated process. Or with CRM Analytics, I can, you know, segment a database and send 255,000 people on a Salesforce campaign with a few clicks using a bulk action. Hopefully... It's 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 going to make that final that final stage a bit easier. I'm I'm excited for the possibilities, and I'm excited for the possibilities of just the cross pollination because I think there's some amazing technology on both sides. Um, but I don't think that's the sustainable competitive advantage. So I had um a professor, and I had him for both undergrad and grad school. 
And he had two catchphrases uh, that I that I thought were interesting. One was a system is what you define it to be. And by that, he meant if you don't define scope, everything is in scope. And the other thing was um, technology has never created a sustainable competitive advantage. So if you think about like package tracking, FedEx had it first. It was a big boost. And then everyone had package tracking. So while Tableau and Salesforce on both ends of the equation are pushing the boundaries of what can be done with their respective technologies, one of the real things that makes this competitive and makes it so powerful are the communities and the people that surround them. So in a business environment, it's the business knowledge and application of technologies that really elevate things. Um, because you can make the best thing in the world. Eventually, someone else will catch up with you, and then you'll have to keep pushing forward, yeah. right? You, It's never... Uh, static, but it's the investment in people and the investment in sort of that wisdom of uh, the, you know, the communities that re is really what makes uh, these things so powerful. Like I Salesforce would not be where it is without the Trailblazer community and Tableau would not be where it is without the data fan. Look, and technology never transformed a business and never fixed the problem really either. It's the, the right application by skilled, curious, creative people that has transformed businesses, right? And businesses were being transformed a long time before, you know, anything like the technology we have today existed. You know, when it comes to the power of the, the ecosystem, you know, my story of being 48 years old, broke, depressed, unemployed, getting hired into financial services cloud, not even knowing what a serum was. It began with Trailhead, but I, eventually you get to a point where it's an online learning platform, but it you know, only goes so far. You need a person to talk to. And I remember I remember reaching out to someone and they were very well known in the community. So I'm sure a bunch of people reached out to them quite regularly. And I, I remember saying, hey, I'm having this challenge with Process Builder. Can you send me link or something i just need a bit of help that he was on american time so he had the time zone difference and he said well hey you want me to jump on a call i'm like oh um sure and he's a consultant right so his time is is billable and valuable so i never forget it was the it was 6 p.m american times like 10 in the morning my time and i got on this call with this guy and we were on the call for almost two hours and he was just incredibly helpful like i learned so much in those two hours and we got off that call and i went that was amazing like you know here's this guy that you know i don't know what his billable rate is but very valuable very um, expert um capable technology professional give me two hours of his time from 6 to 8 p.m i mean there's a bunch of other stuff he could be doing at that time in his personal life and for me personally that's where i from then on, try to make it a priority. Um, and I try to today, even if people reach out through LinkedIn or um, they, that's generally the avenue, whatever the case may be, that, you know, try and be a, be a help because I know others have, have helped me. And when you look at that from um, a data fan perspective or if you look at it from a trailblazer perspective, the impact that it has, if I may, not only on organisations and projects and businesses but individuals lives like my life my personal life is richer my family is better off 
I'm I'm a happier person, not just because of Salesforce and Tableau, but because of the people in those two ecosystems. And to me, that's um, that's that's quite extraordinary. I can tell you um, from my experience, I have a similar sort of story. Like I got into BI out of IT, so I was I was burning out in IT. I didn't want to be a programmer anymore. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but I started realizing how much I enjoyed SQL. I enjoyed the data aspect of the job. And a former manager of mine was going to be leading a BI team. And he says, hey, are you interested? I'm like, I have no idea what that means, but sure, you're, you're a great manager. So I came over and I wasn't even using Tableau yet, but I was, I was enjoying data so much more. And it was around the time I had gone for Tableau training and I had been using it at work for about six months. When I sort of just made a project of my own, I didn't even know there was a place to put it. I didn't know there was a Tableau public. I just, you know, I'm like, I really like using this thing. Like, it'd be fun if I did it on some data that I, I wanted to do, like a thing for me. And uh, that's when I, you know, I realized, oh, there's a publish to public button. What does that mean? And I, I discovered Tableau public and it was like um, in the Wizard of Oz, there's the part where it's in black and white at the beginning. And then all of a sudden it becomes color. It's like, that's what it was like for me because... I had only been yeah. looking at uh, visualizations I'd seen at work and, you know, I had some great coworkers and we were doing cool stuff, but like the possibilities of what could be done was so much bigger. And then I discovered the social media aspect. And I remember one of the very first people I followed was um, Tableau visionary now, uh, Ann Jackson, who runs the data school in the U S and uh, she was publishing an exercise called makeover Monday, which I had no idea what that meant. So I published my thing and I tagged mm. it Makeover Monday and I'm like, this is what people do. And little did I know that Makeover Monday was this, you know, it was like the community exercise, like the really big one. Every Monday, a data set anyone can use. And, you know, if you're using the same data and you're using the same tool and someone else comes up with a better idea or something cooler that you never knew, you can do it too. You could just download their workbook, figure out how they did it, and you just learned something. And it's one of the amazing things about you know sort of these communities is that no one is is hiding the knowledge for themselves like people understand it's not a zero sum game in the sense that like hey i've got this trick it's my trick i'm not going to tell anyone else it's just going to be my thing people understand that that's not where the value is like the value isn't in hoarding the information for yourself to try to sort of like wall off competition. It's like, it's not a competition. There's not a limited amount of pieces of the the success pie here. Like we can all succeed together. And I'm proud to say like, you know, a couple months ago, I got to go to the data school in New York where Anne is now the head teacher. And I got to speak at the New York city tug um, with Andy Creeble, who was running that exercise, like two of the the top people in this community and I started off as a nobody, like everyone does when they first start. Like, I didn't know anything. I'm mm. embarrassed by my stuff in retrospect, but I grew. And I don't say my stuff's the best. There's a lot of people that are smarter than me and a lot of people that work harder than me. My my advantage at work is that you're not going to find someone that's easier to work with than me. I'm very agreeable. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know... Um, whether it's the, the makeover Monday or whether it's the exercises on, on trailhead or all of the, the blog posts or the user groups or um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the dreaming events that we we have those are actually um, they're ran and they're the initiative of user groups they're not you know they're not Salesforce events 
And you know, I remember once uh, at the Down Under Dreaming in Sydney telling my story. And as usual, when I tell my story, I, I end up talking a lot about mental health and etc. And you know, you've, you've been quite vulnerable and, and, and open. But the, the reception of that, um, both in person and then later on via various channels like, say, LinkedIn and Twitter, um, just feeling very supported and also feeling that you, you've helped people, the idea of a platform for, for change. Um, we recently ran a neurodiversity panel in-house and some of us shared, you know, even with tears, our stories of ourselves and loved ones. And the response to that was amazing. And now people are suggesting let's do this even outside. Um, I think that's, you know, we, it's like almost like any relationship, right? You can, you could focus on your differences if you really want to, whether that's the, the forest and the, the mascots and the genie rabbit and everything else, right? Or you can say, well, hang on, look at, look at what we have in common. I mean, if you look at our, our values as um, corporations, they're, they're very much aligned. Um, if you look at the passion for technology and learning and innovation, if you look at the curiosity, all of those things, if you look at the, the acceptance and the, the fostering of ideas and individuality, um, yeah, there are so many things that, that, that are in common. I think personally, I'm not being critical of anyone in particular, but I think if as an individual I can't get past some of these, you know, really trivial things and, and get below that to the heart of the matter, then I probably need to assess my own priorities and, and the way I'm looking at, at life and I'm looking at what I do. And I think that's some of the reason I wanted to talk to you and that I've I've been trying to sort of socialize more with some of the trailblazers and some of the MVPs and stuff because I don't really know them and they don't really know us. And I, I think, you know, we're we're all connected now to a to one degree or another. And it just feels silly not to try to reach out. Like I'm not saying, you know, I know we we've got the one community hashtag and everything now. I'm not saying we need to run our communities identical or anything, or, you know, they they need to, you know, uh, that the, the data fam needs to, you know, start, start, you know, hugging mascots if they want to, that's great. If they don't want to, that's fine too. <laughs> but like one, one of the things that was beautiful about the data fam when I discovered it is really, it's kind of a space for, for anybody. And I think one of the things that I didn't get at first was I really could just genuinely be me. And I could do projects that were genuinely me. So like at, when I first started doing it, I was trying to do a lot of these same exercises everyone else was doing. And I didn't always like them and I didn't always feel sort of inspired by them. And a lot of times my stuff came out kind of shoddy and I didn't love it because I wasn't that interested. And then later, once I started, you know, get, getting excessively geeky into the excessively geeky things I'm into... I started liking my projects yeah, a lot more and people started liking my projects more. They're not for everyone. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very mm. clearly not uh, the best practices guy to come to. Um, but, you know, I, I have a lane that uh, that I'm in and, you know, I'm not a trailblazer there, but there, there are other people that say, oh, hey, like this is a thing, you know. So 
you know, people can do different kinds of projects and whether or not those are applicable at work, you're still picking up skills you can take back to work, like how to negotiate a project, how to make the right choices. And it, it, it improves, if nothing else, your speed to market. You'll get so much faster at making things by doing public exercises. Mm, I, I think as well, if, if we look at it from the individuals in the community, so not so much a holistic perspective, but looking at people like you and me, um, I feel like both the learning and the career opportunities now are, are greater than they were. Uh, I'll be honest with you, when I was thinking about getting out of business and moving back into an individual contributor role, I was thinking Salesforce solution engineer, probably worked with Einstein. And then, you know, the opportunity arose for Tableau. And I had to <laughs> learn enough Tableau to be able to demo it in my panel interview, which was terrifying. Um, but I'll never forget just when I started using uh, Builder. And I'm in Fret Builder and I'm used to originally um, the data flows in, in CRMA and then the recipes and data prep, which, you know, they've come a long way. Um, but then I went into Prep Builder and I went, this is freaking awesome. I remember thinking, wow, this is like super cool and look what you can do. And um, I loved it. And then I thought, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go for a role in, in Tableau. And, you know, not knowing whether or not it would be only Tableau or if I would be still working a lot with Salesforce people and with CMA, as it so happens. I am working with both. Um, but, you know, I would never have had that opportunity, right, if certainly pre-acquisition. Um, but, but now, I, I, look, if, from a technology perspective, I think there's a shift from CRM being this system of record to being a system of um, engagement, a system of enrichment with data, being it's now a tool for capturing and then surfacing and using data, right? That's where I think businesses are saying, well, hang on, look at the value we have in all this data now. Well, what do we do with that? Well, you get, you've got Salesforce reports and dashboards and they're great for many use cases. And you've got Sierra Analytics and Einstein Discovery, great for many use cases. Um, but then I've worked with some very large companies that, uh, you know, they're using both. And it's, it's quite amazing what they're able to achieve. And, you know, you would laugh. I, I had to take the uh, – I didn't have to, actually, but I chose to, to take the, uh, the server admin certification. Oh. And it's no longer – it's no longer what you, we would call open book. It's all fully closed. You have no access to any any materials now during the exam. And for someone who doesn't come from any kind of traditional IT or data background, that was really challenging for me. And you know, now I get into calls and we start talking about hot topology swapping and scalar server um, scalability and server sizing and architecture and um, high availability, disaster recovery, all this stuff that well, a year ago would have been just gobbledygook. Now I'm like, this is so interesting. Uh, it's opened up a whole new avenue for me and has done for many people 
But I think the same, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, the same is probably true of people, you know, people in the Tableau space, you know, like, for example, those that maybe were interested in supervised machine learning, when they got access to Einstein discovery. Um, you know, there were those that were like, hey, well, how do we get that final stage of action? And now you've got a way to really <clears throat> to, to do that. So it's fascinating, just I think the different avenues and different um, pathways you can take. I think at the end of the day, like in order to be in these these sorts of fields, you know, where we're, so, we're, we're in tech fields, essentially, you have to be like, you have to love to learn. And because it's not like you're going to go get skilled Absolutely. once and you're going to apply that for the rest of your life. It's it's not like becoming a blacksmith where you're going to toil for several years. It's going to be intensive, but then you've got everything you need and you're set for the rest of your life. Like you're going to work really hard you're going to learn some stuff and you're going to use that for a while. And then you're going to have to learn some more and supplement that. Then you're probably going to tear down some stuff, you know, and question some of the ways you've been doing things. And it's, it's really, it's really kind of cool um, that, uh, many of the things that you think you were doing a few years ago, like, oh, I don't do it that way anymore, or be either because the technology has improved or the ways that I would work have changed. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's just really exciting to wonder uh, what's next. And, you know, on, honestly, like, what, what are we going to be doing next? Am I going to be doing the same job for 10 years? I don't know. Maybe I'll be doing something else in five years because I haven't been doing this forever and I love it right now, but maybe it'll be something else in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, my manager came to me and said, well, we need another subject matter expert for Snowflake. And he said, are you interested? And I went, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm yeah, furiously learning Snowflake and building. And uh, it's been, yeah, it's challenging, interesting. Um, and it's just another platform to keep up with too, right? Because they all keep changing. So um, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity, I, I'd, I'd probably die of boredom if I had to keep doing the same thing for the next 20 years. I feel that. So, Mark, before we wrap up today, I wanted to ask, is there anybody you want to shout out or anything you want to promote uh, before we finish up? Yeah, great. Look, um, I, I get a lot of people asking me about the differences, the nuances, the applications of Tableau versus CRMA. So I have a blog site, which is just my name, marktossel.com. And there's a lot of helpful articles there, which people can have access to. And then also I meet quite a few people recently in the Tableau world that want to learn CRM analytics. And so I have published a book, which is available uh, on Amazon, how to create actionable insights using CRM analytics. You can just Google, you can just go to Amazon and put my name. Um, and, and I just also wanted to say, you know, thank you to the, the Tableau community. Uh, I felt, have felt very welcomed. I've, I've really in, enjoyed my exposure so far. I think iInvis is maybe the coolest thing I've seen in seven years of being in technology. <laughs> so, and thank you for taking the time to talk and I look forward to further conversations down the track. Hey, there's going to be more. It's it's just my pleasure actually getting to talk to you and getting to know you a little bit just beyond our text exchanges. So uh, thanks for coming on and thanks for being you. Thanks, mate. You take care, Zach.